we're at a dinner and someone's like, Oh boy. Oh, oh boy. Like, See, this is why we don't do interviews <laughs> together. So you're just airing the family laundry. <laughs> Welcome to Teach Me Something New. I'm your host, Britt Morin, and this is a production of iHeartRadio and Britt Co. All my life, everyone's told me I should focus on being good at one thing. But the truth is, I'm curious about a lot of things. But how do you learn about everything? The answer, make the world's best experts teach you in less than an hour. So come along with me as we all learn something new. In today's episode of Teach Me Something New, my co-host and husband, Dave, and I sit down with Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. We wanted to know if acting is a skill they use in their real lives and if they have any tricks for us. They break down some of the biggest tips they've learned as actors, and it gets pretty hilarious. Believe it or not, this is their first podcast together and first in-depth interview together since their days on That 70s Show. Take a listen. We're thrilled to have Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher joining us today. They're here to teach us something new about acting, specifically acting skills we can all use in everyday life. Is that what this is? I told you I did no homework. You were like out of the fetus acting, I'm pretty sure. Naturally, I feel like I can put on a fucking show, okay? I am all about it. Yeah. Can you explain how different you and I, you are very well aware of how different you and I are at acting. We are very different at acting. How did you guys start acting? I started when I was uh, nine. Nine. I, mm-hmm, I fell into I saw it. a Lisa Frank ad. Was that it? That was after. I mean, everybody was an okay. established nine-year-old at that point. Okay, got <laughs> it. Uh-huh. I came to the States when I was seven. I'll give you a quick overall. I came to the States when I was seven. I was a little shy. I learned English. My parents were like, well, she's precocious, to say the least. And, but I was very shy because I didn't speak the language very well. There was a thing advertised in the radio called Beverly Hills Studios. Um, and it was advertised as like a fun place for kids to meet other kids. And it was like on a Saturday class for five hours and you had to audition and you see if you get in. Everyone got in. So I got in and they're like, cool, your daughter's so talented. We need a check for $600. You know, it was one of those things. Such a scam. Total scam. My dad's <laughs> like, hell no, because maybe we had $600 in the bank account at that time. I mean, like maybe. Yeah. So my dad left and my mom was like, mm, I'm going to write the check. So she wrote the check. And to this day, if you're like, why did you write the check? She goes, I don't know. I just <gasps> had a feeling. So she wrote this $600 check. I go into these classes. My parents worked multiple jobs full time. And I met my manager, who's my manager to this day. So that makes it 27 years. She's been my manager. My manager was driving down the street, saw a gaggle of kids and was like, yeah, this seems like a good place. Pulled over and was like, what's this? And they're like, it's an acting studio. She was like, I'm a manager. Total LA story. Went to a showcase. My parents were like, listen, if you want to do this at nine, you have to make the decision of who you want to go to. And there was like other agents and other managers. And for whatever reason, I chose Susan Curtis. And then here we are. But did you know inside your heart, like, this is what I want to do? No, because at nine years old, it's hard to understand what this is. It's not like social media existed where it gave you a trajectory of where life is possibly going. Like, there was no way of seeing from A to Z. It kind of was like, oh, I can play pretend? Yeah. Mm. Okay. It seemed fun at the time. It seemed like so much fun. And the idea of like, I can just say these words and people give me accolades and pay attention to me. Right. Dope. Like, that's all it was. We all know where it's ended up. And Ashton, what about you? I did a play in middle school when I was, I think I was like sixth or seventh grade or something like this. And I got a laugh 
while one like, laugh, one laugh. Okay, like, just in the way that the I was playing like the thief in this <laughs> play, and I was like, "This is amazing." And that was it. Then I did every single play through all of middle school, every single play in high school, was in like the thespian society and competed in state wow. competitions for acting. And so then you knew immediately. Different. Yeah, I just right? fell yeah. in love with it. I, hmm. I, I, I think it was like I've like psychoanalyzed it. I think it was like being the middle kid of three and like my brother had a heart transplant when we were 13. I think it was just like literally just getting attention hmm. was like the drug that I got hooked to. And then were the technical aspects interesting, like how to do it? No, I mean, I was just kind of like flying by the seat of my pants and like showing up. And I was also in sports and other things. So I would come to like half of the rehearsals. And then when it was show night, just like turn it on and just go. And it was all just fully instinctual. And then I just fell in love with it. So do you think it's an innate ability or can anyone act? I I don't know if we agree on this or not. I, <laughs> I, I think that there's a general sense of being able to play pretend really well that you can sort of see at a young age. And some people kind of have that talent and some people need to really work on that talent. And I think that w with enough work, you can get to a certain point, but you may never get to the point of the people that are hyper successful in that field if you don't have some version of that innate talent. Like you can learn all the mechanics of mm -hmm. acting, but being able to pull it off and have confidence in it in the moment and throw yourself all the way in, that's a whole other thing. Like I see Mila do things as an actor that I go, I don't even know how you're doing that, right? That I just like look mm. up to and admire so much because she just has this capacity to like fully do things I just don't understand how she's doing. <laughs> Whereas like I can do with the mechanics all day long to get there and never get to the places that she goes. Huh. Mila, what do you, what's your take on that question? Can anyone be an actor? I actually agree. See, I agree with you. Oh, look at that. Yeah, I do. I think that, that I think that anyone can act. I do think that anybody could be put in a play. Anybody can do it. Like your skill is your voice, your body, like a form of that, right? But as far as being successful at acting, I do believe that at an early age, there's a certain type of people that just innately have a good imagination mm -hmm. or the ability you know, um, our kids are, this is the best way I can explain it. Our kids are um, in different classes, right? So they're like, mm, dance class or this class or that class. Right? Full disclosure, my my children aren't going to be dancers, okay? Like, this <laughs> that'll never happen. I can promise you my kids are, could they dance? Yes. Yeah. Do they love it? Yes. Do I think that they're the greatest human beings ever created? Of course I do. Uh -huh. <laughs> but there are kids in their dance class that I look at that I go, oh, well, Clearly, that kid, if wants to, he can or she can succeed, right? Yeah, I think it's like one of it's these. The same. I think it's like the NBA or like the NFL or like any of those things, right? Where it's like, you know, if you work incredibly hard and you're semi athletic, you could be successful to a certain level. Mm -hmm. But to go pro, you either have to have like some physical capacity that most people don't have. Like, I mean, I watched like this guy Tyreek Hill for Kansas City and he's like running at like a, like a 4 240 and you're just like that's insane. Yeah. Like if I tried to tackle Tyreek Hill, it would be impossible. Game like, over. It yeah. just <laughs> wouldn't be so I think that there's like a point where you go, you know, the system kind of filters out the people that don't have some natural no, like the it quality. Ability. Yes. Yeah. We're like the X, factor. the X factor. The X factor. The X factor. Yeah. yeah. 
which I think is every industry. I think when you find your calling, it's 100%. because you found your X factor. Yes, like a, you clearly found yours, right? <sighs> like, but you both of you did. Like, it, yeah. it really is true. Yeah. yeah. So you can get to a certain. We're really good generalist at a lot of things. <laughs> how are your acting styles different from one another? I'll tell you how we're different. Do you want to take it, or do you want me to answer that? You one? Go first. This is how we're different. I can click in and out of a character, no problem. Hmm. In between takes, I can snap out of it. In between scenes, I can snap out of it. My husband has to live it. Oh. What does that mean? Like so method like, live it? He be, kind of becomes that character a little bit throughout the process. And then he comes home and he still has the same body mannerism or the same mm. voice or the same, you know, X, Y, and Z. It's weird. And maybe it's just the way that I deal with it. But I almost look at acting as therapy. You're in it and then you're out of it. Hmm. Like, and then you take your lessons and you go home and then you're better for it. Like, What do you mean by therapy? Like, I really do think acting could be if... Oh, to me, it's it like emotionally, I get to express mm-hmm. everything. Like no one's going to call me crazy. No one's going to call me dramatic. No one's going to call me right. anything. Yeah. Like my characters are what I want them to be and how I want them to be. And so in the moment, I can react and act the way that I think that they would. And so, you know, you can trick your mind, but you can't trick your body. Um, and so you can trick your mind into being like, I am now really upset. Mm. But for all intents and purposes, your body is upset. And mm. so you the same way that you get into a fight or you scream or yell, you're exhausted afterwards. Like that's a release. Like you have an emotional release. Every day that I get to go to work, I have some form of emotional release mm. that I, I look that's at as incredibly therapeutic. One of the conversations that we've had, I remember distinctly you saying that actors save up those emotions, you know, from hard experiences to to then use them yeah. later on. And I remember hearing that and thinking, wow, that makes a lot of sense, but it's not something that I've ever thought of. It's the way that I do it, right? Like everyone kind of grabs things from different places. Like some people mimic people they know. So Mm. they have a character that they're like, oh, that person reminds me of that person I know. So how would they do it? Right? Like there's, everyone has a different way of finding a connection with a character. So are there characters you wouldn't, you can't play? You could never play? You could play any character? Yeah, for sure. All humans, all people have, have the same spectrum of emotions. It's, we all experience life through a lens, right? Yep. It's just the only thing that makes us different is what your version of anger is versus what my version of anger is, but it's still anger. Right. Your happiness versus my happiness is still happiness. It's, you know, it's all perception. And so every human being is a human being. And so it's just a matter of what emotion you give them. There's a scene in that movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Uh where Leonardo DiCaprio's character plays this really evil character and the director's like screaming at him to get more angry and more yeah that wouldn't work for me and there's just like there's a moment right at the end where you can see the scenes over but you can see how destroyed he is by having had to do this yeah i don't respond well to yellers Mm. as far as directors go like Mm. i do take it personally yeah no that's not fun which is funny though you played steve jobs in a movie who was like known as a really hardcore manager and yeah which was like so out of body for me because it's it's not also just not the way i manage not the way i would want to be managed but I had to get to a point where it was like wholly justified to treat people that way. Mm-hmm. And huh. not only justified to treat people that way, but I knew that treating people that way would make them better. Yeah. Right. Like, which was a, a complete flip of my personal psychological way of approaching things. So, to Mila's point, like, I have to create a playbook of getting into character and what are the my own personal triggers to actually mm. like get myself to a point where that is the way I behave. 
and the way I walk and so the it's way almost I talk like you and, need a long a longer warm up process. Yeah, a hundred percent. And in some ways, like I never get out of the game. Hmm. Like I go home and still have a piece of the character that I carry. So are you still Steve Jobs now? No, it took oh. me a long time to shed it. Yeah, it doesn't take. I'm fine. You can just bounce out of it. Like last scene is shot and you're done. Totally. No, legitimately, she goes and does these things and then comes home and she's like cooking dinner and doing <laughs> things. And I'm like, how do you do that? Like, I don't <laughs> understand. Meanwhile, I go do the do. ranch, There's which a- is like we're just telling jokes and like having fun. And I come home with an accent and she's like, why are you talking like that? <laughs> I think it was different. I don't know. Like, it's the same as like how do artists paint? Everyone yeah, paints sure. in a different Everyone way. Everyone has a different And there's no right or wrong way to do it. But like Four Good Days is a good example. The night before, he runs lines with me. And sometimes I just need to like just run lines and then I like write a note down, like if it pops into my mind, I'm like, oh, I like the way that I look at all of this is I do all my homework beforehand. And then when I show up to set, I'm like, fuck it. <laughs> like I literally am like, let's see what happens. Just throw the script away and well, go with it. Like the emotion. No, not the script because you still have to say the words, but like the homework that you do to make the character make sense. Got it. Meanwhile, I basically have to have the entire script memorized <laughs> before day one of shooting to like even be able to cope that's where i think like i do homework i just i don't know i do i do my i do so much homework and then i convince myself of it and i feel like in somewhere some maybe a neuro's doctor maybe can explain it better than i can but somewhere in my brain it must sit in there like i do believe in muscle memory it's interesting that you say out of body like it made me think like is it almost a spiritual experience like do you sort of feel like you literally become the character I still feel like me. I have to convince myself that I am that. Yeah. That I am that person. Hmm. Right. Like I don't need people to call me by the name yeah. of the character or anything like that. But I have to convince myself that that is who I am. I mean, like when I was playing Steve Jobs, like I fired somebody who I'd worked with for like ten years. Just <laughs> like <laughs> it was like a nonsense. Kelly. Thing. Yeah. Did no, you rehire I, them yes, later? Kelly yeah, was then rehired. Yeah, I apologize for oh rehiring her, but like in the middle of it, I'm just like, get out of here. Get, I never want to see you again. You're gone. <laughs> Done. But that's all it is. It's muscle memory. Yeah. All it is is muscle memory. You have a memory and it's in your muscles. It's in your body. And you just kind of go, oh, there it is. It. I think that's a way, really good point that you That's made, where my homework is. That there's this, I think people frequently, because we all think of the mind and the body as different things, there is this like emotional body memory of what that feels like. 100%. And how do you like re-summon it's that? It's so much more powerful than the mind. There's this technique where you can like tie emotional sense memory to movements so you think of an emotional moment that you've had in your life and like every time you think about it you like clasp your hands together and then if you're in a scene and you just need that emotion to be immediately there you clasp your hands together and that emotion wait is is this how you uh, cry in command i've always wondered no. How it's do you cry? I have very different ways of doing this. It's a, it's a method. There's no it's way in life that I can go into set and think of a technical thing that I have to do and not be present. Because, hmm. like, I'm so that person who every, like, I could never, like, I can barely get on my mark. I'm like, yeah, a mark is a suggestion versus my husband's probably like, a mark is a, is a mark. A I'm mark meaning the place you stand. Yeah, I'm like, it's, I'm going to be somewhere around there. I yeah. always tell a DP that focus, but I'm like, listen, it's a, I'll get somewhere in the vicinity. Yeah. And I know that that's a horrible thing to say. And if there's a focus <laughs> puller listening, they're rolling their eyes right now. But that is the truth. But if I'm just in the scene and I'm playing off of you, I'm just going to wait for you to do something that gives me a reason to react. Mm-hmm. If you don't give me something reason to react, I'm not going to react. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't force myself to do it. Like, I really do look at it as a tug of war. Mm-hmm. And he's much more technical about it. Mm-hmm. I studied how Cary Grant towed a mark 
and like the movement of putting his hands in his pockets as he steps up into a place, which is actually just him looking down to make sure he's standing on his bar. He and Columbo. That's why oh, he always went like this. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So acting in everyday life, not all of us are actors, but I think it's relevant because we all use acting every day, even though we don't know it. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? Totally. And where do you think we could best use acting skills and how can it help us? Isn't that there's a whole movement of like live your truth, be your authentic self? Well, this is what I'm wondering. Like, is acting actually deception and lying? Yes. 100%. I've always thought I'm so uh, jealous of people have lots of acting skills, especially in parenting, because you can become many different characters and while you're playing with your kid. And that's something that not everybody can do. You know what's really funny is I sometimes try to read our daughter books in Uh the character's voices. And she's like, dad, can you just use your real voice? Yeah, they don't like it. Like she doesn't like it. Because I'll do like Peppa Pig with like an English accent. And then, you know, daddy pig and, you know, all the things. And she's like, dad, can you just just do your regular voice? Because they're not that into it. Dave and I will sometimes be like, I bet like Wyatt and Bear have the best life ever because their their we parents think so too. just put on shows every night. We do. I think we're silly at home. We're, we're silly. very goofy parents when it comes to our children. Yeah. But but that that's skill. I think that's just being idiots. Like I think we're very <laughs> comfortable with ourselves acting a fool at home. I, I but maybe that comes from the idea of like being comfortable in your own body and in your own skin and in your own mind and not you know having a fear of making a fool of yourself. Let alone well, to what you children. just said, the you know in in acting, it sounds like you like that dance too. I do. That tug, well, you know. I think acting comes in handy in a lot of places in life, especially like if you're in a position of sales and you've got to sell something. I mean, that is a performance in and of itself. If you have to give public speeches, very little difference between giving a public speech and acting to some degree. It's like you have a script, you have something that you want to convey, and the depth of which you're going to convey it is based on a performance that you're about to give. I think that stuff is is really similar. But maybe the most valuable thing and this is something I just wholly believe as a human, is this idea of fake it till you make it, no matter what you're doing. Like, you fake it until you make it. And you will you figure out the things you don't know along the way, but you need to come across and act as if you got it and you know what you're doing. And there's a like a functional performance that happens in fake it till you make it that I think that everybody does to some degree, and I think it's super valuable. Isn't this one of the hardest things in acting to become a character that is so unlike anyone you've pri- you've played before that people believe it? It's no different than trying to make people laugh, cry, or anything. You mm. just kind of do your best at whatever you're trying to do. 
and be authentic to that character. And if people catch you acting, if they don't buy it, and if you don't give people chills, and if you don't give people laughter, and if you don't evoke an emotion, then you probably didn't do it. Yeah, the biggest compliment you can give an actor is, I couldn't tell that you were acting. Mm -hmm. Right. Always, that's the biggest compliment. I couldn't, I didn't see you acting. You just were. That's like the greatest compliment that you can give. So just bring it back to like everyday life, everyday people. What are some of the techniques that we could use to act, quote unquote, in our life? So for instance, facial expressions. Mm -hmm. I think that's interesting. Malcolm Gladwell talks about this in his recent book, Talking to Strangers. We just got it. Did you read it? Don't read it. Listen to it. He actually wrote it to be listened to. Yeah. 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 But there's a fascinating thing in there. It actually profiles Friends, the TV show. And you could watch it on mute and still understand the story in every episode based on the facial expressions alone. This was the first time I've ever heard this. And he talks a lot about how the facial expressions are so much more accentuated than they are in real life. In particular, he talks about surprise, that when people think of what a surprised face looks like, in everyday life, it's actually never the open mouth kind of, oh my God, look. Mine is. Most people don't make that face because on TV, you have to make that face to convey the emotion. But see, mine really is that. Hmm. Like, I think that I must be a Muppet. Like, I think that I live life like a TV show. I think hmm. you have a, you have high facial expression. Totally. I'm very mm-hmm. open. Like, I, yeah. I don't try to hide. I'm not like I, I am. It's too, like, I just. Do you feel like you're tampering down your facial expressions? No, I think I'm just probably life? like cerebral like like sometimes i don't even vocally respond like we were in the car this morning and she said something and i was thinking about what she said and she's like are you not going to talk to me and i'm like <laughs> no i said did you not hear me yeah you said did you not hear me and i was like no i heard you i'm thinking about what you said and you're like well say something <laughs> like i don't even like vote let alone a facial recognition i don't make a vocal <laughs> recognition that somebody has spoken because i'm being cerebral probably too cerebral about He's very logical. Whatever's been said. And I want to be sure that I'm fully processing what's been said and that my response is an elevation or according to that. And And, mine's not. And with full recognition of all of the emotionality of whatever was being said. Do you think when you're acting, you amp up your facial expressions? Yeah, is it something you consciously think about? If you're thinking about your face, you're fucked. Yeah. Like, I think like you're trying it, too hard. Then you'll never be, I, I don't think you'll ever be successful if you're like, this is what I'm going to look like when I'm angry. And this is what I'm going to look like when I'm happy. And I remember, like, I remember you. in like the early days when we were like doing 70s show, and you, like when you do a play, it's only one take, right? Mm-hmm. So you're just kind of like bowling forward on instincts. But when you do a show or something like that, you have take two. We have to go do it again. And you've already done it. And now you're like, know what you're going to do or and so you're trying to do it again the same way mm. or whatever. I remember a moment of like thinking about what my hands were doing mm. and it, and it was just a disaster. Like everything was a disaster from that point on. Like you can't in daily life, you're not thinking unless you're being super self-conscious in a scene and then maybe you are thinking about what your hands are doing. Yeah. But you're nobody's that self-conscious all the time that they're thinking about what their face is making or their hands or anything like that. It just has to come out of the emotion that you're having. Do you think that the number of um, takes that you end up doing in sitcom acting gives you an advantage over time? No. No. Well, you do the scene. You might do a scene 25 times in one day. And so on the 25th time that you're doing it, it needs to feel like the first time it's ever happened. Hmm. And that's the trick. 
So it sounds like in terms of emotion, what you said earlier is actually much more important, which is can you like embody it and feel it in your whole being? And that's what, yeah, that's how it comes out. Yeah. But there are times, okay, do you guys know what RBF is? Resting bitch face? Yes. Which a lot of people just naturally do or sometimes have, and it I doesn't mean they're it. in a bad mood. I mean, I will say that like sometimes like we'll go out to like, I'm pretty like socially awkward in like parties or dinners or things like that. Life. And <laughs> life in general. And I will go out to a dinner or a thing. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm the same way, by the way. And I will yeah. I will have to be like, hey, how's it going? Well, like, let's be real. I go, like this, good, I go like this. I go like, baby, For those of you smile, look- baby. Smile. I'm the same way. The one thing, and I love my husband, okay? <laughs> I like can honestly say, like, I love him and I know him, okay? The first impression that he provides strangers is one of disinterest, complete discontent, <laughs> like just RBF. like— RBF. Yeah, 100%. And But he's also a big boy. He's six foot three. So he's instantly like just, you know, p- makes people very uncomfortable. And yeah. I'm like, your presence is not inviting. We just like lo- look like you're happy to be here. Like smile. And this is our whole life. And he's like a sweet, sweet guy. He just doesn't know how to be social. And um, <laughs> and so we're working on that. Look at that face. He's a good guy. He is. Dave does this too. He kind of speaks monotone sometimes. So he does the same. Which brings me to voice I intonation. I also try to just kind of leave. I think voice intonation. Yeah. I think everyone could use some voice <laughs> intonation. I could probably use less. <laughs> you and I just have different approaches at life. I believe we come into this world with a certain number of words that we get to speak. Oh, and when they run out, we die. Oh, okay. Goodness. So I want to utilize my words to ask really good questions, <laughs> to draw out really valuable insights that over time we have a greater I connection. I do too. I made a new friend this year. Oh, please. One. One. <laughs> Other acting techniques. I, I took improv in college for That's one semester. I did. Yes, I've done more acting training than Mila. <laughs> um, yes. So we learned about yes and. So you're always oh. building on the conversation of what's happening. Is this something you yeah. use? No. So yeah. <laughs> a friend of mine actually brought up a really good point, which is when you're in a conversation, if you're going to say something in response to somebody else, it should be a 10x response to what was just said. And if you Mm. don't have a 10x response in building and value in what you're saying versus what was previously said, then you probably shouldn't say anything Mm. or you should change the subject. What's an example? Well, based on any conversation that you're having, right? Like if I'm going to bring up a topic like moleskins, right? And I'm going to be like, oh, this is a great moleskin. Now, the next thing you could say is, did you know the company Moleskin was started in 1928 by a guy who actually didn't, you know, whatever, I don't know when yeah. it was started. But like you actually build on the the topic of moleskins. Hmm. And then if you've like gotten to the point, well, and then the next thing could be, have you seen the new moleskin that actually has the pen where you can, it converts it to digital <laughs> images? Nice you can for moleskin. Like, I know. They're going to sponsor this, yeah. yeah. They should sponsor moleskin. Just, you can send a check to me, I'll send you my business management. (laughs) But ultimately, the next thing that gets said has to be information that is that much more valuable. And to me, that is the yes and of a conversation. Mm. I feel like Mm. I do this in natural conversations with people. Is that abnormal? But you know people that don't do that? Yeah. Yeah. And it's awkward. And it's not fun. Dave, can I just call you out? You think that in conversation, you go yes and? (laughs) (laughs) Or I don't say anything. Let's go off of that for a second. So unless it is a topic that is of intense interest to you. Right. That I can 10x. Then you 10x. But that interest is a a narrow 
narrow little. It has to hit. It has to hit this tiny area and, of interest. And, and otherwise, Kutcher. and otherwise, and otherwise, for instance, I don't say anything. Right. You go say no, yeah. no. You go no, and you make things awkward. And that's when I go smile. So you go like this. We're at a dinner and someone's like. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Like, See, this is why we don't do interviews together. So you're just airing the family laundry. He knows all the time, Britt. Okay? <laughs> if you hit an area that's not in this little zone what's over here. What's in the zone? Oh, well, tech. Tech and I'll tell you what's not in the zone is the housewives of Beverly Hills, <laughs> right? So I'm not going to partake in that conversation. No, I'm sorry, no, honey. Memorization. <laughs> Memorization techniques. I've always wondered it's a muscle. how you do this. I think, like, here's what I will tell you. My grandmother. I'm convinced this is why I'm not an actor. No. No, there's many other reasons, too. No, um, there's something that you can learn. I think you can practice memorization. I really, really, really genuinely do, because I look at my grandmother who's 96 years old. Mm. 96 years old. Her body is giving out on her, but her mind, every single day, she does crossword puzzles. Every day, she does Sudoku. My grandmother did the same thing. And every single day, she's just, it's, it's a muscle you have to work. If you don't work that muscle, out it goes. But, like, how do you even, lines, okay? You have to memorize a whole scene. Well, hold on. But I think first you should figure out the way that you are as a person. Are you a visual person? Are you? I think that, that what kind of learner you what are. What kind of learner you are mm. plays a huge part into memorizing. I because I know the type of learner I am, and I visualize the page. I'm visual. in my face. So yeah. in my head, I see the page, and I can see the words on it. And there's sometimes that I need like a trigger to remind me of something. Like if it's specific wordage that needs to happen, mm. like there is something like like you kind of find a rhythm. That's minimal. But in my mind, I have to vision the page. In his mind, it's very different. So first you have to realize what kind of learner you are. I personally, I, I break down, I'll look at like a paragraph or something like that. And I go, what is the point that you're trying to convey? And then what are the supporting arguments to what it yeah. is that you're trying to give it? So then you generally know the idea that you're trying to get across. And then the words tend to just be there. If you've read it a couple of times, the words are just you use those words to convey that point. And then if there's like a list or something like that, you can tie it to, you know, the same way that you do basic memorization techniques. Like you have this cup and you go, okay, there's the lid and I can tie something to the lid and I can tie something to this little lever. That I think they covers. call that memory palaces. Or yeah, exactly. Mnemonic you, you, build, you build a house in your head. Yes, yeah, so you yeah. can, or you go to the house that you grew up in, right? And it's like the doorknob is tied to one thing. Mm -hmm. and it, do you tie like an entire line to the doorknob or... I, no, only if there's like a sequential list of things like, yeah, we need to go to the grocery store and pick up dot, 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 dot. And, I, and would... I memorize it with a story. So if there's like a, we have to go to the grocery store and pick up milk, bread and eggs. I have to be like, well, clearly milk has to be first because you go into the freezer aisle first, refrigerator aisle, then you go into the egg aisle because it'd be in the same aisle and then after mm. that aisle. So I have to create a logical story of the list. Hmm. And you do that with your lines as well. If that was lists. the actual lists. line. That's for lists. Okay. Yeah, if there's like a list you're in a rattling line. anything off, Got like it. names or lists or anything that has to be oh. super specific in a specific order. Interesting. So there's a difference between lists and lines and sort of contextual. Because otherwise, you're having conversation. Uh, yeah, otherwise, yeah. Most of it's just reacting to what the person said, and it, generally, if you're in character, it's just the way you would react to that. And a lot of times, your line would then kind of have a call like what are you doing i'm doing nothing so like there's always like a there's a callback just whatever a cue kind of and like, sometimes if yeah, there's exactly. a line that you really can't remember it, it oftentimes means it's not written well uh, and the writers right oh, now are listening to this rolling their eyes because that's, that's they but, get thrown but, under the bus uh, but it doesn't feel like it's right to yes yeah, doesn't feel like you would say, would say that say in that. response to what just got said and, yeah. huh, but and then, then sometimes you're stuck saying it anyway so you better make sense of it yeah, yeah. when you're meeting uh, if you were to meet like 
15 people, you walk into a room and they all put, say their names. I won't know a single one of you them. You don't know their names. Awful with names. I can't memorize people's names to save my life. You don't know names. Okay. Not one. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you if I've seen you before. I'll be like, you, you know, know faces. Because yes. you're visual. Super visual. Yeah, I'm Got the it. same. Uh, what other acting techniques are there? Like what are things that are you guys things? have had to learn to embrace? So we talked about facial expressions, voice intonations, yes and, memorization techniques. Improv, yeah. I'd say be present, but I don't think you can learn that. Like, I think that sometimes people go in overthinking it. Like, I just think confidence, like, maybe. No, just do your homework and then go in and be present. Do all, all the homework in the world. Do all your research. Read your lines. Think about the whys. Don't judge your character. Go with who you are and then just show up and be present and be open. Because the truth is, in any given situation, you can't predict what the other person's going to do. So in order to be like, well, I'm going to walk to the right, and then I'm going to react shocked or upset. Mm. But what if that character that's working opposite you doesn't give you the same performance? Then you look like a ridiculous person, you know? Yeah, the it's worst much thing more you can do is go in with like a, like a rigid plan yeah. because it's probably going to change. You know, it's sort of like, yeah, I don't remember what book I was reading, but it, there was a whole thing about like, when Martin Luther King gave the I had a dream speech, that I had a dream wasn't even in the speech. Like he got on stage and somebody in the crowd said, tell him about the dream, Martin, tell him about the dream. And that became that one day the speech. The speech. Wow. And like when you go in, you don't know what the director could change the whole thing. So if you go in with a rigid plan of what you're going to do, it's about potentially- but, And also be open-minded to what your surroundings give you. Right. Like, I think be open to whatever environment you're in. That couch might be, like, really great to sit on. I mean, whatever it is, right? Like, just stay open. Just being adaptable. Mm. And it's that's something that everyone people. could use. Yeah, I mean, that that's that's the part of it that really jives with everyday life, right? Like, you don't know what's going to happen next. Don't anticipate. Your- All right. Can we go back to parenting for a bit? So we both have young kids. Mm-hmm. Um we both are trying to entertain them and, and be parent them, um, as to your point. So so first of all, accents, because we were talking about this. I, I have a British accent sometimes with our kids. It's Dr. McBride. You also have a Britney Spears accent that have is Have you done Britney Spears for, the, for your podcast? I yeah. warned her. Dave I was told like, me you, you know, guys were they're, bring they're that going up. to slay you. It's not even you. an Get accent. Ready. It's an impersonation. No, no, no. It's, it is. It is. Do Britney voice. Do you think she'll ever listen to You guys, hopefully, hopefully, because she'll love it. Here you go. We- oh, baby, baby, how was I supposed to know? <laughs> See? It's brilliant. <laughs> here's the thing. Brilliant. But here's the thing. To your point, you guys- when I start singing, I go into character. There I sort of get what it. you're singing is scripted. Totally. And so you play a character when you sing. And I feel like this is a parent trick. Like, to have some sort of a false identity makes your kids think that you're, like, make-believing with them. I'm realizing in real time that I actually feel like I'm not good at it. And so that's why I don't do it. You should just let yourself—but that's your version of not good. Your kids will no, never I know. think you're not I, good I'm, at anything. I'm calling like, myself out in real yeah, time. That like do I, it. Your kids yeah. are going to think you're brilliant. Yeah, maybe yeah. you're just judging yourself. Yeah. And, no, I am. That's what that, I'm saying. That's yeah. the very thing that you have to let go of yeah. is your self-judgment. I, I hadn't even thought of that until just now. Well, you're welcome. So I have a, an ask— I brought something that you might know of. It's called oh, Goodnight Good Moon. Moon. And, like this book. and I think each you of you should book? read it. I want to hear how you would read it and like your most expressive voice. Oh, Goodnight Moon, I read really quietly. Okay, that's fine. You, what is the character of how you read Goodnight Moon? Go. Do you want to go? Can we ahead. do page by page? Yeah, sure. We'll do okay. page by page. In the great green room, (laughs) there was a telephone and a red balloon and a picture of 
the cow jumping over the moon, and there were three little bears sitting on chairs. And two little kittens, and a pair of mittens. And a little toy house, and a young mouse. And a comb, and a brush, and a bowl full of mush. And a quiet old lady who was whispering hush. Good night, room. Good night, moon. Good night, cow jumping over the moon. Good night, light and red balloon. Good night, bears and good night, chairs. Good night, kittens. And good night, mittens. Good night, clocks and good night, socks. Good night, little house. And good night, little mouse. Good night, comb and good night, brush. Good night, nobody. Good night, mush. And good night to the old lady, whispering, hush. Good night, stars. Good night, air. Good night, noises everywhere. Well done, well done, well done. <laughs> I'm you tired so much now. More like I know I'm falling asleep. When you're reading, are you getting into like a character? Do you think about it? I or did, are you yes, it was Paddington Bear? I felt bad for Paddington. Did you? Yeah, I do. I do it with like the Peppa Pig books. I do it. There's some books I do it, and then some books that I don't. Do you yep. make up stories just in general without books? Well, he's really good at it. Every night, uh, our oh, daughter God, demands that, that I has. tell a story from real Same. life. Wait, you can't Same. do imaginary stories? Well, no, from, from real, real life. life. She now knows everything about us. I mean, little she tell me a story from real life, and you're like, all right, let me think about a story. Well, when I was eight years old, Uncle Mike and I, we went, like, you start oh, thinking. And so she's always, she's asked questions all the time about all of our, like, when we were little. That's a much deeper well than the tell me an imaginary but story. But then after a while, you run out of stories. So he has to go and start creating stories from real life because you literally <laughs> run out of stories. Well, because, and then, I mean, I told her how I thought this girl who sat in front of me in oh. second grade was a mermaid. And now she thinks mermaids are real. Uh, no, we've had all kinds of things. We've had to stop the mermaid talk because she's like. We, I, I explained Dad, to her that the mermaid. I went to school real. with a mermaid. But back before, tell me a story from real life. It was tell me a story. Yeah, and then it always says to have a it's learning a moment. Myth. We're like Full House, okay? Like we have to have a a, a learning curve in Are you there. Call me like, Bob Saget. Maybe like Jesse, <laughs> um, like the Jesse. uncle. That's not bad. Um, I think he's Jesse. You think? That. Yeah, he's only totally Jesse mm, for sure. I'll take that. Um, our, all the stories have, and then lately, I will say, I think we're we're in tune on this one. If there's like a learning lesson of the day, like if if one of the kids didn't do something, yeah. that they were, you know, like a learning whatever, it gets interjected into the story of real uh, life. And so at the end of the day, we're like, you know, when I was little and Uncle Mike took my train, I got so upset. I didn't know what to do. Yeah, like last night I told a story because, you know, when she was playing soccer and she got really upset. Because she didn't win. Because she didn't win. And then I told a story about how when I played basketball against the neighbors and lost for like months on end and then. Yeah, there's I, always like a learning lesson to this. Yeah, it was like there's a whole thing about leadership and like how I used to get really mad at my brother because he wasn't playing good enough and I would tell him you're not doing a good enough job and then in the one time that we won every time he did something good I told him that he did something good and then he played better and better and better and then we won our so stories are like after school lessons okay have you ever had to act to get out of a speeding ticket yeah I can tell you the story for sure 100% I have a really good story okay, for go. you. I was 16 because I must have just had my driver's license so yeah like 16 17 I was speeding it was right around the corner from my parents' house where I still lived. So I can tell you exactly where it was. It was on Sweetser and like Willoughby. 
And I was at a stop sign, and I know I didn't stop. Like, there was, of course right. I didn't stop. And I rolled the stop sign. Yeah. And I probably started going, if that speed limit is like, you know, whatever, 10 miles an hour, then I was probably going 20 miles an hour. And uh, and I got pulled over, and I was like, oh, my God, I, I'm going to get into so much trouble if I get a ticket. Like, I know I'm going to get into trouble. And so I'm going to tell you the story. Um, I started crying. Tears. Just tears. And I noticed it was a male cop. And I was like, okay, I can work this. <laughs> I feel awful saying the story. And no, I don't I don't condone this. And no one should do this. Um, male cop comes over. I pull my window down. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I mean, full tears. Yeah. Okay, so I'm at hormonal 16-year-old was girl. This, but was this real tears or fake I mean, tears? I can I can put on a show, okay? So this was fake tears. Well, but but looking real. I know. That's all I'm going with. And then I proceeded to tell him that I was on my period. I've done this. Okay. And I I need to get home. I'm bleeding everywhere, and I don't know what to do. And my parents live right there, and I just need to get home. I'm just bleeding. And I and I kept saying this. And the sweet, poor cop was like, oh, oh, okay. Just, you know what? You're old enough to know what to do. So next time, just be more prepared. You can go now. Love it. That was it. And I deserved See? the ticket. I fully I deserved that ticket. Yeah. That was the only time. But it's about creating sympathy, right? <laughs> I created it really well. I, I think I, acting can be useful in creating I mean, I think so. I got out of a, what, like a $50 yeah. ticket. I didn't get in trouble either. And I've been running late for a flight before. <laughs> I, I, I just, Dave and I are looking at each other like, I've never been able to use the period nope. to get out of anything. And I nope. don't condone this. Same. But, but sometimes don't have it works. It, it's in the yeah. very bottom of the pocket. If you have to reach down there. It's just something that happens. A couple times in life. I'm on my I've, period. I've also had to do it's it to fair. cut the line do, at the airport. Have to deal with a lot. Okay. The last thing we're going to do, if you're down. Yeah. It's just a quick role play. Not in that form. Um, yeah. I'm going to give you a prompt. <laughs> and, and you just give me like a 30-second version of how you would play this role. So the first one is for you, Mila. Mm -hmm. You're an interviewee mm -hmm. pitching for the job. Yeah. Let's say it's a marketing manager. Oh, and I'm trying to get the you, job? I'm your— Man, I'm the hiring manager. Yeah. You're pitching me for the job. What's your closing statement? After this hour-long interview we've had— Well, I need to know the backstory of my character. Okay. You— um, Did I go to college? You went to college, but, like, you've been out of work for a little bit. Am I a single mom? Yeah. Can I be a single mom? Yes, obviously. Okay. <laughs> you haven't really worked in a couple of years, but you were raising kids, and so you want to get back in the workforce. Okay. And we just had an hour-long interview. It was okay. What's your name? Uh, my Brent? name is— No. Oh. It is Kim. Kim? Yeah. Okay. Do I have my son in the interview with me? Sure. Okay. Dude, would you bring your son to the interview? I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is uh Can we have one of those lollipops after we leave? Oh, honey, honey, just one second. I'm so sorry. He's just really hungry. You know, we're just we're strapped for cash, so that that, that is why I'm here. So I'm a very hard worker. I want pecan ice cream. Roasted pecans. <laughs> I'm really I'm I'm a hard worker. I'm committed to the company. What's this company again? Um, Brit Industries. Oh, I'm committed to Brit Industries. It's Brit Industries, I Mom. <laughs> you said this was a snap. I want my pecan ice cream. Honey, stay in your lane. Honey, stay in your lane. <laughs> Just look sad. Look sad and be quiet. We do, we do <laughs> offer uh, we do offer daycare as a Great, job. I'm in. Okay. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm in. I'm cheap. I come at a low cost. Um, Did the daycare have pecan ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> um... I'm young, you know. I, I know how to uh, use a spreadsheet, an Excel sheet. I know the internet. I know how to um, the Facebook. Where's my spoon? <laughs> 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 this interview is going really well. Do you want to hire me? 
<laughs> You're the one that said I had to come to this. <laughs> I wanted to stay home and play look, my look, Switch. Look at what I deal with I, every I'll day, give ma'am. You, I'll give you a phone ma'am, call. Ma'am, look at this. Well, um, no, no, I, can, you, can you look at this? I could you be playing you Switch. You can't send me home with this. Yeah, I, think I can't deal we'll with this get anymore. in touch with you. No, 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 I'll get in touch with you, ma'am. You get in touch with me. Well, I'm ready. So where's my contract? <laughs> Ma'am, look at what I have. But there's an ice cream shop down the street. So when I have a job here, it's money. <laughs> <laughs> and see. Oh, I thought you did really good. We did really good. All right. Wow. Nailed it. You casted me in your scene. I didn't have to be in there. I mean, I think I learned a lot from that. Um, I did see some facial expressions and intonation. (laughs) I don't know what accent it was, but it was an accent. And you crying. And you cried. You both cried, (laughs) actually. And Brett's crying. I I think we all cried and laughed a little bit. So we're going to wrap it there. Yeah. um, I think we're all headed out for some pecan ice cream now. Do you really like that ice cream? Yeah. It's your favorite? He does now. Yeah. All ice cream. All ice cream. Just okay, any we're going to go have ice cream. true. I think we've learned a lot about a lot of things. So thank you guys so much. Thank this you. was thank amazing. You. We really fun. appreciate it. Yeah. We had so much fun with Ashton and Mila. We literally ended the episode in tears. I think the biggest takeaway for me was that letting down your guard to be more silly, freeform, and adaptable in any situation is not only key to acting, but key to being more human. Stop overthinking it, people. And if you are overthinking it, just try faking it like you aren't. Thanks again, Ashton and Mila. Thanks for listening to Teach Me Something New, a production of iHeartRadio and Brit & Co. I'm your host, Britt Morin. Send us your feedback and find more information about each episode at Brit.co slash listen. You can also find me on social media at Brit and at Brit & Co. A special shout out to my two co-hosts, Ange, who you can find on Instagram, at Angelica Temple. And of course, my husband and partner in everything, Dave Morin. Teach Me Something New is executive produced by Christine Swore and Ali Perry, with additional production and sound design by Aaron Kaufman. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. See you next time.